If you look at the overall spend in healthcare in the United States, you know, a few decades ago, the medication piece, you know, the medication management in its totality was probably 10% of the spend. And of course, the rest of the rest of it was the 90. And over the course of these decades, uh, it has inched up to the point where medication spend and, and medication adherence and all things related to it is really closer to 20% now. Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source for insights and best practices on the digital transformation of healthcare. Join host Patty Patmanaban, CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how consumerism, technology, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with healthcare and technology leaders. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Patty, and it is my great privilege and honor to introduce my special guest today, Dr. Colin Banas, Chief Medical Officer of Dr. First. Colin, thank you so much for setting aside the time, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for that. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about Dr. First and the market uh, need that uh, the company is trying to address? Yeah. So Dr. First is a, a pioneering health technology company that's been around for over two decades. In fact, we just hit our 21st birthday on uh, January 1st. And what started as a, an e-prescribing company, a medication management company, has morphed and evolved uh, over these decades to include more and more solutions. And really what we're, what we're trying to do is unite all of the different players in the healthcare space and break down the silos. So we actually have this concept of the healthy verse because there are so many different players in the healthcare universe that we've, we've coined the term the healthy verse. And we like to put the information in an actionable way in front of the, the key players at the moment of care so that we can provide better outcomes and better experiences for all involved. So would you then call yourself more of a data management and a data services company, or are you offering solutions, solutions. that use the data? Which side of the aisle would you see yourself more in? Yeah, I love the word solutions, and we are a solutions company. So putting actionable solutions in front of those key players is really where we sit. You mentioned that uh, the company's origins are in e-prescription and uh, medication management, and that, I imagine, continues to be at the core of what, what you do. So let's talk a little bit about what, what are the biggest gaps that you see in this market today as you try to unite the data sources using the healthy worse concept that you talked about, and what really is the size of this opportunity? What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so I'll start with the size question. I think it's an interesting question, depending on how you define the, the medication management space and all the various pieces and parts. But what I'm reminded of is if you look at the overall spend in healthcare in the United States, you know, a few decades ago, the medication piece, you know, the medication management in its totality was probably 10% of the spend. And of course, the rest of the rest of it was the 90. And over the course of these decades, uh, it has inched up to the point where medication spend and, and medication 
adherence and all things related to it is really closer to 20% now. And so depending on how you want to visualize the pie of opportunity, it could be quite sizable. And when I think of medication management, I, I think of the, the life cycle of the prescription, you know, from soup to nuts, you know, the decision to initiate therapy and write the prescription all the way to getting it filled at the pharmacy to adjudicating the potential claim all the way to, you know, medication history services when you're seeing the patient back in the clinic or back in the ER or for an admission and trying to figure out patient adherence at that time. So there's really a whole lot of those places where, where we, our solutions uh, intersect and, and can provide value. Yeah, I'm familiar with the medication management and the medication adherence uh, problems and it's a multi-billion dollar opportunity or problem or gap, depending on how you want to define it. And I imagine that among other things, the life sciences companies, the pharma companies in particular, are very, very interested in how to address those gaps because there's some real revenue implications for them. So who are your primary target markets for this? Are you serving life sciences companies? Uh, Sovereign providers, who are your target clients? Yes, to all of the above, but really, I, I think that the, the biggest opportunity and our biggest success stories are in the clinical space health systems, hospitals, you know, individual clinics, and the solutions that again surface uh, robust medication histories, price transparency. I uh, could talk on and on about that, and also solutions that are actually patient focused and centered around patient activation. And so those are those are the things that really get me excited about the work that Dr. First is doing. We do have relationships with the payer community as well and, and trying to bring meaningful data from them into the workflow for our clinicians. Mm-hmm. So let's pick any one of these constituents. Let's, let's take health systems, for instance. How are they using your solutions? And uh, can you walk us through maybe an example of how they use it and how how the value is created and, and extracted. In other words, you know, you've got a solution that helps them address their medication adherence gaps. How are they using it? Is, are they using it for publishing health management as an example? How do they justify the investment in the solution? Is there a reimbursement component involved? It is this whole economics of this, right? Can you walk us through maybe an example using one of your uh, client journeys maybe? Sure. One of the ones with the most legs would be in that medication history, medication reconciliation space. So we actually have a solution and then layered on top of that is a a patented AI and NLP engine that we uh, affectionately call SMART. And I'll tell you how this works. And so we have a, we're able to provide our clients with a, a robust medication history. We give them a feed of the medications that were prescribed and the medications that are filled And we actually fill in the gaps, perhaps, of what you may be lacking from a traditional medication history feed, because we've been able to curate relationships with independent pharmacies and payers and pharmacy vendor uh, software systems. And so we're able to augment the existing feed that you may have. And then we take it a step further and we use this AI engine, SMART, to clean up that data, uh, to deduplicate it, to prioritize it, et cetera. And then we can actually bring it into the electronic medical record structured and we can land it in the appropriate fields without having the clinician, whether it be the farm tech or the nurse or the physician who is doing this interview to gather the medication history, we can land it in the appropriate fields 
so that you don't have to re-input things. Believe it or not, even though we have all of these mandates for structure and for you know codified data when we're transmitting prescriptions, a lot of times when we bring it back into systems, it comes in as free text. So we're actually able to solve the data cleanliness problem in a variety of, of venues. And what we've seen is that by doing that, you can make the clinicians a whole lot more efficient. And so we've seen, you know, we have client examples gaining efficiency of 15 to 25% in terms of the number of medication histories and medication reconciliations they're able to get to in a particular shift. And more importantly, the data they're bringing in is accurate and actionable. And so you can imagine that not only is efficiency important to whomever you're talking to, but me uh, wearing my safety hat, I actually, I like to think that the safety side of the equation is even more important. The fact that you're not having to re-enter data that, that should flow seamlessly and potentially fat fingering some of those values can really help improve the safety side of the equation. One of our success stories in Covenant Health, they were in that 15% improvement in terms of efficiency. They saw a massive increase in the accuracy of the medication lists on the order of like 35% improved accuracy. And by their own math, they were able to claim a savings uh, ROI of $650,000 in a year. And that's just one success story from one small piece of our solution set. So you can imagine as I get the opportunity to describe other solutions and layer them all together, you can get this synergistic effect of improvements in the healthcare outcomes and the return on investment. So that's it's helpful to know, you know, you put a number on on the benefits and $650,000 a year is a sizable number, I imagine, for a health system of the, of the size that you're talking about. When they approach these kind of solutions, do you provide any commitments or assurances to them that they are going to achieve a certain threshold level of returns? Or how do you, how do you help them really make the decision? Well, conceptually, it's very straightforward that, yes, if you can improve medication adherence and uh, manage accuracy in medication and so on, the benefits are obvious. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. But putting that into action and really helping your clients, uh, specifically clinicians, pharmacists, to sell the idea internally and to gain approvals for budgets and so on and so forth. How does it work today? What is the one or what are the two top things that they look for in order to feel reassured that this is actually going to deliver? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. It's it's become even more relevant in the uh, in the COVID era. Not that return on investment wasn't always top of mind when trying to pitch these solutions, but even more so now, things like automation and ease of implementation, as well as uh, return on investment, have become increasingly important. So uh, one of the things we're able to do with the solution I just outlined is we have a pretty robust return on investment calculator. And that calculator is based not only on, on industry standards, industry uh, publications, but also uh, success stories that we've been able to see with, with existing clients. And so it's an ever-evolving calculator that we're able to provide and walk our healthcare partners through in terms of these are the things you can expect to see. We also have a pretty robust applied clinical research arm at Dr. First. I'm happy to head that up with one of my colleagues. And actually, we're constantly looking for partners who are wanting to study those things, just like you said, 
in order to, it's twofold. One, we want to give back to the, um, the research domain. We want to be able to show positive impact with the things that we're providing. And then two, we, w- we would like to be able to, to tell those success stories to other partners and other potential partners out there. So we do have a, a sort of a, a one-two approach to uh, being able to help clients and potential clients with that return on investment. The other thing, so there's other solutions in the medication and management space, things like price transparency tools. So showing the doctor what the copay will be for the patient at the time of writing the prescription so that you can make a more informed decision or, or maybe even select an alternative. Yet another one being able to provide patients uh, after the moment of prescribing actionable text messages that can show them coupon cards or the, the prices that they can expect to pay again, as well as education. And so those things we're also able to, to show our clients just through raw data. You know, this is the utilization that you're getting from these particular solutions. And oh, by the way, in the example of that, that patient-facing solution, we're also able to study adherence rates, for example. And so we know that when you get a, an engaged patient who is able to get those secure texts, we know that they're 25% more likely to go pick up that prescription. And so we that's the kind of data that we can feed back. And ultimately, as you, as you pointed out, these are the things that help build the case so that you can continue to, to layer on solutions with your partners or go extend solutions to new partners. You mentioned the pandemic a while ago, and, the, and if anything, the focus on the ROI has become even more intense than it was before. Has the pandemic impacted your demand environment in any way, positively or negatively? Can you talk to what has changed for your company as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, a couple things. So one, our own internal data shows us on the medication management space that adherence took a dip during the pandemic, you know, possibly due to cost concerns or patients losing their their employment and thus their, their insurance status perhaps. And so back to those solutions that can help point out prescription benefits or help to activate patients and so that they can see Again, education, coupon cards, costs out of pocket. Those things actually have had a bit of an uptick in terms of interest and adoption. And a couple of things come to mind in terms of the impact on our company and our solutions. One, I even made mention to this a second ago, the ease of the implementation or the size of the lift seems to matter a great deal during the pandemic. And what I mean by that is, there isn't a lot of appetite nor nor time for multi-month implementations that perhaps we you know we had the luxury of before but a lot of the solutions that that we are able to offer up especially in the medication management space are very light lift in fact they're often sort of unplug one and plug this one in and you're good to go and i think that has benefited us greatly in terms of being able to keep the momentum on a lot of our solution sets so We've, had, we've actually had some, some uh, increases in our medication history space, our price transparency, again, you know, unplug or, or perhaps an addition of our service to one you may already have, go ahead and plug that in. And we're talking light lifts for a lot of these things, you know, under 20 hours for some of them. And that actually, there seems to be an appetite for that. So you couple the ROI with the fact that it's, 
You're not gonna have to engage a whole lot of, of your internal IT talent. In fact, a lot of the lift is being done by, you know, by us as the company. That seems to be a winning combination during the pandemic, even more so than it was pre-pandemic. Medication management is, uh, has been a target for quite a while by a number of different players in the industry. And I imagine that uh, the pharma companies obviously are tracking it from the point of view of their own products. And I imagine that uh, PBMs uh, would be another category that are really looking at the medication adherence space and building solutions to create incremental value for their clients. Can you talk a little bit about the competitive landscape that do you compete with PBMs, for instance, are you, or are you competing with an entirely new class of solution providers? Can you talk a little bit about your competitive landscape. I wouldn't say that we compete with PBMs. If anything, I, I'd rather use the word complement. And so I, I think if you think about the traditional PBM relationships, they function in claims management for the most part. So they have these relationships with pharmacies, with payers, with health plans. But again, traditionally, they've had trouble getting upstream in the medication life cycle to where the actual decision to prescribe something is being made. And that's where, where we come in. You know, we are leveraging relationships that we have at the point of care, relationships with providers through our e-prescribing platforms, with our price transparency tools, and then also with the patients. Again, the solution I keep referencing about patient uh, activation and, and patient engagement is called Rx Inform. And it's pretty revolutionary stuff in terms of being able to activate our, our patient base. And so, again, I like that word, complement the PBMs. In terms of the competitive landscape, I would say there are there are other players in these spaces trying to, to skate to, to the same place. Independent solutions in terms of the ability to show price transparency or other prescription uh, platforms, e-prescribing platforms, for example. And so that's the, I think that's the competitive space that we're playing in. What do you see as the outlook uh, for 2021? I, uh... You see big technology firms getting into this in a big way. Amazon comes to mind. Obviously, their their ambitions in the pharma space are fairly out in the open now. What do you see as the demand environment going into 2021? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. It's always, it's been interesting to keep an eye on, on, quote unquote, the big guys for the past few years in terms of their ambitions. I'm still not sure what to make of the Amazon play. But I do know, I do think that there's enough room for all of us, I guess is a good way to say it right now. And I do think that it, the outlook, at least in terms of things that are meeting the patient where they are in the name of consumerism, and I'm not a big fan of the, of the term consumerism when it comes to patients, but I do think it fits. And so I do think the space to the extent of a solution that meets the patient where they are, or where they want to be, has tremendous legs in, in 2021 and going forward. And I think that's the space that, that we're, we're filling nicely. That's fantastic. So I guess we will leave it there. That's a great positive note to end the, end the podcast conversation on. Uh, Colin, once again, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I wish you and uh, Dr. First all the very best going into 2021. Oh, well, again, thank you for having me so much. It, it really has been an honor. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can reach us at info at with your feedback and questions. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partner, Powbox. Secure email for modern healthcare right out of the box.